Educator here with a very special episode of the Rookie Big Board because the 2024 Rookie Big Board is now available to everyone at patreon.com slash rookie big board. All the Rookie Big Board patrons can also just pop into the new content center portion of the patron discord and get access to that. 151 prospects from the 2024 NFL Draft class, and we're going to be talking about 50 of those prospects here, and those are the 50 prospects that I am the most excited to watch this summer. The key word here being excited, right? So I'm not going to read through 50 to 1 the top-ranked players on the Rookie Big Board, because you can head on over and see that for yourself. Again, patreon.com slash rookiebigboard. If you're not a patron, it's just $3 a month. You could get in on it now. You could save 15% off with an annual subscription. So I'm not going to do that. That's not going to be helpful. What I'm going to go through and talk about here with these top 50 players are the guys that I am excited as I sit down, as I prep to get ready for summer scouting, the guys that I cannot wait to watch, I'm the most excited to watch, and I'm going to talk you through, you know, these names, why they should be on your radar, and what I'm going to be looking for over the summer. So without further ado, let's get into it here, and as I mentioned, we're going to go 50 to 1, and we're going to start off here with Kanata Mumfield. Kanata Mumfield, wide receiver for Pittsburgh, all right, Mumfield was originally at Kansas State, transferred, had a pretty nice first season for the Panthers here. Now there's more quarterback shuffling with uh, with the Pittsburgh Panthers, with uh, Dracovic heading there, so that's going to be really interesting. Mumfield 6'1", 180. He has a chance to lead the way and be a very relevant player in the 2024 NFL Draft class, but he's a little bit deeper of a name. You also might not be too familiar here with Dante Cephas out of Penn State. Cephas also uh, a group of five transfer here coming out of the MAC. 6'1", 178. His first season at Penn State was a little pedestrian, but there were definitely flashes. And now with Parker Washington off to the NFL, there's going to be opportunity for Dante Cephas to stand out in this Penn State offense. Now with a better level of quarterback play, we are all expecting with Drew Allar. So I'm excited to watch Cephas get in him and Mumfield, right? Two smaller school guys. We're going to get the ability to get some quick flashes of tape and see what we might be able to project and see if they are legitimate NFL draft prospects this year or if we might have to wait another year. Running back George Haloni comes in at number 48. Now Haloni has been a longtime CFF uh, Campus to Canton Debbie guy for me because he is a, a good running back. He's looked really good for Boise State over the last few years. He is finally coming into that maturity here that we'll see from a group of five running back. They're usually going to finish out their college career. And Haloni's coming in at 5'11", 205, so he's got the size. Excited to flip on that Boise tape here and see exactly what he's got and if he's got some juice uh, to keep him towards the middle of the running back radar. 
Another guy we're juice checking here is Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn Lloyd, currently of the USC Trojans, after transferring from the USC Gamecocks. Now, Marshawn Lloyd was a very high recruit coming out of high school. He was a high four-star, a lot of hype in the Devi community. And uh, after two decent years uh, at South Carolina, a little pop there for Marshawn Lloyd, he transfers up to USC to play with the Trojans. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he factors into that rotation there uh, with Austin Jones and with uh, Relique Brown. Uh, but if Marshawn Lloyd does pop that athletic background, that recruiting background, it's going to give him a shot to be a back end of day two guy. So I'm excited to put on his 2023 tape and get an idea of what we might be working with here. Clearly, Lincoln Riley saw enough on his tape, right, to bring him over into the USC running back room. So there's at least a little something there. How about at 45 and 46, we talk about two tight ends, and that's Theo Johnson and Jake Brinningstool. Now, these guys, they're not going to be the most exciting tape watches, uh, but we're we're going to get in there towards the end here and touch on some tight end tape. And Theo Johnson and Jake Burning School are both guys that I think could go day two late uh, in next year's NFL draft. And so for that reason, you know, I want to get my eyes on them. And I want to, you know, you know, for me, again, this is my most exciting list, right? So for me, tight ends are not necessarily the first guys that I'm going to pop on. But it's important kind of to get an idea of the of the, the foundation of the tight end class because it's going to give you an idea of the strength of the class overall. Uh, and it's going to give you an idea of what those third and fourth round rookie picks look like. So it is important to flip on that tight end tape, even if it's not necessarily the most exciting tape. Now we're going to do a little bit of a run of wide receivers here, starting with Jacob Cowing out of Arizona. So Cowing was a UTEP transfer. So he originally started at the group of five, transferred up. Arizona's offense took a big step forward last year, and Cowing was a big part of that. 5'11", 170, so he's a little bit smaller. He played in the slot last year, uh, and Arizona has T-Mac on the outside, Dorian McMillan, and then on the other side, they had Dorian Singer. Now, we will touch on Dorian Singer in a little bit, but he transferred up to USC. Singer was playing on the outside. Now, when he transferred out, it looks like from spring practice, now we have Jacob Cowing, playing a little bit on the outside as well. So we, we are going to get slot tape from last year, and now we're going to see some versatility for Cowling, who's been a productive wide receiver. Versatility, production, you know, potentially leading his offense, you know, uh, or at least being in a similar range as T-Mac. That's going to be a really exciting combination here for Jacob Cowling. Ra-Ra Thomas, uh, formerly of Mississippi State, and Dominic Lovett, formerly of Missouri. These two wide receivers transfer to Georgia. All right, so now they're playing in a, in a Georgia wide receiver room that's always been complicated, but nonetheless, they're going to be in prime time, and they're going to get a lot of attention. They're going to get a lot of eyes, and just by the nature of Georgia, most likely playing through the college football playoff, and if we're being honest, folks, probably playing through the national championship game, these guys are going to get a lot of eyes from NFL front offices just naturally, right? So if there is any juice uh, in Ra Ra Thomas or Dominic Lovett, these guys are going to be, you know, at least day three NFL draft prospects. So, you know, these guys, I've, I've, I've seen some live tape, you know, just watching a little bit of Mississippi State. I've always enjoyed watching Mississippi State's offense, so that is one that I will watch live on Saturdays as, as much as I can. To be honest with you folks, I don't have uh, too much live watch on Dominic Lovett because I'm not watching too much Missouri football, although, you know, it certainly was honed in on that game last year where they, you know, really pushed Georgia into the fourth quarter. 
But 41, this is a guy that I did see a decent amount of flash for and playing college football DFS could get you a little bit of action on these guys too. Isaiah Williams out of Illinois. Isaiah Williams at Illinois. He's explosive, he's athletic, and he's somebody who I saw the Illini offense really run through as much as they could get him through. So he was playing along the outside, but I think he has versatility to move inside as well if Illinois wants to use him in that way. He's 5'10", 180. He's just going to be a fun guy to watch, and I'm going to be excited to flip on that tape. Now, a lot of the Devi community is honed in and focused in, as they should be, on Trevor Etienne, the running back out of Florida. However, Trevor Etienne is not 24 eligible. He is 25 eligible. And Florida is going to run the ball first this year. They're going to run the ball second this year. And if I had to guess, because Graham Mertz is the quarterback, they're going to run the ball third this year. So aside from Trevor Etienne, we have another guy to watch in this offense, and that's Montrell Johnson, 5'11", 218, uh, former three-star recruit, but Johnson was pretty productive in rotation with Etienne last year, and I expect that they're going to be in a, in a fairly equal rotation with each other this year. 39, Jacovius Marks out of Mississippi State. Now, I mentioned earlier, I like to watch the Mississippi State offense, and Marks has been an excellent pass-catching running back the last two years. But don't worry, folks, I'm not selling you on another undersized pass-catching running backs because Marks is listed in at 5'10", 205. He's a former four-star recruit, so he's got the athleticism, he's got the size, and he's got the pass-catching ability, and that checks a lot of boxes for fantasy football purposes. Coming in at number 37, or let's start here. Coming in at number 36, 37, and 38 is a little bit of a USC Trojans run, but through different means. So at 38, we're going to do Mario Williams, an experienced at this point wide receiver prospect. Mario Williams has been on the scene for a little while now. Uh, definitely has that age. So if you're early breakout, you're not going to be into him. 5'9", 186, four-star recruit. He's had some flashes of production here. Uh, but hasn't necessarily put it all together in one season. At 37, we're going to do Brew McCoy. So Brew McCoy is at Tennessee via USC. All right, spent his early career there. But Brew McCoy, 6'3", 220, former five-star recruit. You know, we're talking about up there in age as well with Brew McCoy. But this is somebody who really stepped up for Tennessee last year when Cedric Tillman was down. So now Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt are off to the NFL, and Brew McCoy is going to have the opportunity to be the wide receiver in a Tennessee offense that we've seen has the opportunity to elevate the draft stock of wide receivers. So Brew McCoy has a lot working in his favor, and now let's talk about the aforementioned Dorian Singer, who is now at USC via Arizona. 6'1", 185, he played really well along the boundary. I'm excited to get in on his tape because it's also going to help me, I think, shake out a little bit of what this USC wide receiver room is going to look like because it's a pretty packed room here with a lot of talent. I don't think that Dorian Singer would have headed off to USC if he didn't believe that he was going to be an important part of this offense. But if you look at the outside, like you have Mario Williams, like I mentioned, you have uh, Brandon Rice there who has the experience, but you also have Zachariah Branch who very well could get in there early. You have uh, Taj Washington. And I referenced Relique Brown earlier, who's the class of 2025, but he's also been working at wide receiver for the Trojans during spring camp. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that room works out. And watching Dorian Singer should give me a little bit better of an idea of that. Jace McClellan at 34 and Kendall Millen at 35 are intentionally paired up for me, right? Because these are two guys who have the opportunity to be the featured running backs in featured offenses, right? So Jace McClellan, he's waited his time, he's bided, he's been in rotation for a while, and at 
220. He now has the chance to be the lead back at Alabama. And we've seen, even if it takes a running back a little while to become the lead back at Alabama, a la Brian Robinson, a la Damian Harris, if they come through with this five-star pedigree and this 220 body and have a productive final college season... Guess what, folks? They are still going to be very relevant NFL draft picks, right? But Jace McClellan, man, is going to have to hold off not only a depth of talent of returning guys, but Justice Haynes has gotten a lot of hype coming out of spring camp. And not just from the beat reporters. Nick Saban is hyping up this true freshman, and he rarely does. So Jace McClellan is going to be getting uh, you know, his volume swiped from all sides. But nonetheless here, he's certainly going to be one to watch. And Kendall Millen at 6'1", 220, former four-star recruit. Georgia is always going to run a rotation there. And certainly we have Branson Robinson uh, that's going to be working through at a, probably a pretty equal level of Kendall Millen. So the question is going to be, does the talent outweigh the age concerns that will certainly come for Kendall Millen? Having played now, I believe, four seasons in this Georgia offense. And it is an offense that the running backs usually do three and out in. So it'll be really interesting. At 32 and 33, we have a couple of quarterbacks here and a couple of quarterbacks that have pretty high ceilings, but also fairly low floors. 33 is Michael Penix Jr., and I'm excited to watch this because I didn't watch a lot of Washington Live last year. So Michael Penix Jr., he's the quarterback for Washington. He transferred from Indiana, 6'3", 216. Um, And yeah, Washington just wasn't a super fun offense to watch last year. So I caught some flashes, caught some glimpses, but it'll be good to get into his tape and see if I'm going to be on the Michael Penix hype train because there is a Penix hype train. There's folks who, you know, have him projected as a first round pick right now. I'm not in that range. I'm in day two late for him, 50 to 51 to 102 overall. Um, But maybe watching some tape, I'll get there. The thing about Michael Penix Jr. is he does have a pretty significant injury history. So even if I like his tape, I'm probably going to be proceeding with a good bit of caution. And then, you know, down here at 32, it's probably low, uh, but it's Joe Milton. And it's Joe Milton because he's going to be the quarterback of the Tennessee Vols offense. This Tennessee Vols offense that has the ability not only to make a quarterback look good, but Josh Heupel has the ability to develop up quarterbacks. And he now is going to have multiple seasons to have developed up Joe Milton. Joe Milton's been learning behind Hendon Hooker, who we know would have likely been a first-round NFL draft pick if he had not injured himself at the end of last season. Joe Milton is 6'5", 242. He's got all the tools you could possibly ever want in an NFL quarterback, and he could see a meteoric rise a la Anthony Richardson this season. However, I'm a Tennessee Vols fan, so that lowers this a little bit because I do feel like I have a good idea of what Joe Millen has been able to do and has not been able to do. Um, but the other side of this here is, you know, I'm a little scared. (laughs) I'm a little scared because Joe Millen has a big arm, but he also has major accuracy concerns. I think we're going to learn a lot more from Joe Millen this fall than we're necessarily going to learn from his summer scouting, but I couldn't have gone through this list and not mentioned him. Eric all at 31 is the next tight end that I'm going to mention. Eric all was getting day two draft hype this year, uh, playing for Michigan was a surprise return to college, in my opinion. Ends up uh, going to Iowa. So this guy who was already kind of um, thought of as a day two prospect now goes to Iowa, who's a tight end factory at 6'4", 251. He transfers with Cade McNamara, his 
quarterback before J.J. McCarthy was taking the reins. So I think he could have the ability to be an, an important piece of an Iowa offense. And when you're an important piece of the Iowa offense as an experienced veteran tight end, you're going to get NFL looks, folks. That's just the way it's going to go down. Now, I haven't talked about very many running backs to this point, but let's go ahead and get into it here with number 30, and that's Devin Neal. Devin Neal out of Kansas here, 5'11", 208, former four-star guy, has the ability to really shine. He's never had a super, super high volume load, and he's had flashes of explosiveness, but I want to see him put it all together in one season in 2024. But 2023 was a, or I'm sorry, for the 2024 NFL Drive Cycle. If you go back to last season, 2022, Devin Neal in Kansas had a really great year, and Neal had some big games. So I'm excited to dig into those big games, flip on the tape here, and figure out what he's doing when he's performing at a high level. Blake Corum, 5'8", 200. Again, folks, this isn't representing the rankings, right? And I have Blake Corum down here in 29 because I feel like I do have a pretty solid idea of who Blake Corum is. Uh, having seen a good amount of him and having, you know, pre-injury had him projected as a day two pick. It'll be interesting this upcoming season to see how he's bouncing back from that injury and what that explosive level looks like. At 28, we have Jaheim Bell. Uh, Jaheim Bell was with the Gamecocks last year, and he's transferred to the Florida State Seminoles. He's an athletic, versatile tight end. If Jaheim Bell has a good production profile this year and pops off in some big spots for Florida State, then we're probably going to be looking at a pretty highly regarded draft pick, uh, especially in the fantasy football circle, who will cling to any prospect at the tight end position with an athletic profile. Brevin Spann Ford from Minnesota. I got to be honest, folks, I don't have a ton on this tight end, but I do know that the NFL draft is excited about him. And guys make summer scouting for that reason. Then I'll go in and confirm whether I think that hype is legit and translates for fantasy football or whether it's, you know, more of an NFL specific type hype, especially at the tight end position. All right, we have a, a pretty serious run on quarterbacks here from 22 to 26. Let's start here with Cam Ward out of Washington State. Cam Ward, the FCS National Player of the Year in 2021, transfers up, doesn't quite hit the production level and hit the ground running as quick as he would have wanted or any of us in the Devi community would have wanted who drafted him so high last year. But at 6'2", 223, and playing in the Washington State offense, there's a lot of positivity on the Cougar beat that Cam Ward could be stepping up and into a big season so what I want to do is get into that 2022 tape and figure out what the negatives were and what we can look for for improvement this next year. Bo Nix of Oregon here staying on the West Coast with this pick. Bo Nix is very experienced, but he had a huge jump when he transferred from Auburn to Oregon. So I want to go in, watch that 2022 Bo Nix tape, and decide if I really believe in this 6'3", 214, former five-star quarterback as a legitimate NFL draft pick, or if he's projecting as a clipboard holder type guy. Jordan Travis at 24. Jordan Travis, man, is a really interesting one. It's 6'1", 212, inherited by Mike Norvell, but he takes him on and he really makes him the, the, the heart of the Florida State offense, and it did not look good the first year he did that, but bounced back in 2022 with some awesome athleticism, much better accuracy, uh, and some real tenacity as the leader of that Florida State offense. So Jordan Travis is, is somebody who I'm really excited to get in and see if those traits translate for fantasy purposes. Jaden Daniels, man. Jaden Daniels, I've been riding this train for a while, the quarterback at LSU, all the way since he was a true freshman at Arizona State. I've got him stashed in a lot of spots, and I need to know if I can just go all in. And I should 
should, you know, I'm already all in on Jaden Daniels if we're, if we're being honest, but at 6'3", 185, this quarterback had two seasons last year. If you look at this first half of the season, let's say four to six games for LSU, Daniels was not comfortable in the offense. He wasn't comfortable in the pocket. He kept scrambling. He kept moving out. All he was doing was running. And there were a lot of question marks as to whether or not he was a legitimate NFL draft prospect because he just was not throwing the ball. If you look at the second half of the LSU season where the offense really started clicking and getting going, Daniels was comfortable in the pocket. He was throwing the ball. He was accurate. He was protecting the ball. And so we really could be looking at uh, a dual threat guy who if he puts everything together, if LSU puts everything together, he could be a Heisman candidate. And we could be looking at a guy who builds up to first round hype. KJ Jefferson has that upside as well. The quarterback out of Arkansas. So KJ Jefferson, uh, 6'3", 245. He's got a bigger build. He's athletic. He's got a solid arm. I don't have a ton of confidence in his physical tools, right? So I want to dig into the tape. I really nail down my thoughts on those physical tools because you see the pops and you see the flashes, but you need to see those types of things consistently at the quarterback position. Number 21, Rome Adunze. Again, I didn't catch a lot of Washington Live last year, and Rome is a guy who is just going uh, early, early, early in Debbie drafts, right? And so I'm transparent when I've watched a ton of tape on a guy, haven't watched a ton of tape on Rome. So that's why he's 20. He's 6'3", 211, uh, and there's a lot of hype around him. So I can't wait to dig in on him. He's definitely going to be a priority for me at the wide receiver position. Another guy, I'm hoping I can get some good Cal tape here so I could watch some J. Michael Sturdivant. He transferred to UCLA, but he's 6'3", 205, former four-star. And whenever you have a high-production wide receiver in the Cal offense, that's a lot of green flags going off here. How about Keon Coleman, who dominated a lot of transfer portal hype when he went from Michigan State to Florida State? Uh, and so we're going to flip on that Michigan State tape. We'll, we'll get some bonus Peyton Thorne, but he's pretty far down uh, the quarterback that's now at Auburn, but was at Michigan State. He's pretty far down the board, but we'll get some bonus on that here. Keon Coleman actually outproduced Jaden Reed, who a lot of folks really liked, including myself in this 2023 draft class. So now we're putting him in a potentially more explosive Florida State offense. Yeah, you can kind of see the pieces fitting together here at number 18. We have Travion Henderson, and Travion Henderson is one of my top running backs on the rookie big board right now. So he's down here at 18, and that might not feel great, but the reason is because I'm not super excited to watch the 2022 tape because I know he struggled and I know he was injured, and so I'm gonna have to go in there, look at it, take an eye, you know, uh, take a, a cautious eye on it, and help understand, you know, when he was struggling, how he was struggling, and what we need to see from him in 2023 to feel better, and that how does that match his 2021 tape that was super impressive as a true freshman? So that's what I'm looking for when it comes to Travion Henderson, the running back out of Ohio State. Next up is Bo. Collins, the wide receiver out of Clemson. I feel like I'm generally higher on Bo Collins at 6'3", 195, has the ability to be a boundary presence here. So I'm excited to dig into that Bo Collins tape and see if I can confirm that, you know, general high compared to consensus on Collins. Troy Franklin. Troy Franklin is getting a ton of Devi hype and for good reason. At 6'2", 170, he really flashed, really popped. And we're going to get a nice little two for one here because we'll be able to watch Troy Franklin along with Bo Nix. And I think there's actually some other sneaky good prospects from that Oregon offense as well. So I'm excited to dig into him. Trey Benson, the running back at a Florida State. We're watching a lot of seminal tape, folks. It's been a while since we've talked about Florida State uh, with this quantity of NFL draft prospects. And Trey Benson is a uh, running back here at 6'1", 221, former four-star. He's got a lot of boxes checked. And again, just like Rome, I'm honest when I've seen a ton on a guy. Haven't seen a ton on Trey. So let's flip on the tape. 
Uh, and when I say I haven't seen a ton on, on a guy, that means there's a lot of variability. So in three weeks, you could be listening to this pod and I could be just just singing the praises of Trey Benson, or he could kind of be an afterthought. So I'm excited to get in there and figure out which one of those two it is. I do not expect, I do not expect Jatavion Sanders, though, tight end from Texas, to be an afterthought, though. At 6'4", 249, he looked super athletic live watch last year for Texas. He, he was a big red zone presence, and he's going to have the opportunity to really click with who I expect to be a developed Quinn Ewers this upcoming season. So a lot of hype there. Uh, with the Texas offense, and let's stick with it here and talk about Xavier Worthy, currently the wide receiver three on the rookie big board, 6'1". He's listed at 160. I'm really hoping we get some more weight on that going into this year, but Xavier Worthy, man, super explosive, super productive productive as a true freshman for Texas. I'm holding him up there, you know, towards the top of this class, and I'm really excited about his upside and his potential. Number 12 is Will Shipley, the running back into Clemson. I find myself above consensus on Will Shipley, really like his pass-catching ability, and I think he navigates between the tackles well. So at 5'11", 200, I'm going in to check my hype on him. I'm looking around, I'm seeing the negatives that folks are marking him with, and I'm going in with a critical eye to see if I can confirm what I like about him from Livewalk or if I have to, you know, lower his score a little bit and proceed with a little bit of caution. Donovan Edwards, the athletic, uh, you know, dual threat running back out of Michigan. I'm really excited because anytime I watch Donovan Edwards, I get hype. I get excited. He's a jump out of your seat type prospect. So he's going to be really fun to watch. Malik Neighbors was the heart and soul of the LSU offense last year when it was supposed to be Kayshawn Boutte. Neighbors is going to be uh, somebody who, if he performs well this year and if he puts on, you know, solid tape, he's going to go in that 20 to 50 NFL draft range. So very excited to watch the wide receiver out of LSU. Amika Egbuka, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. You know, the thing about Egbuka and why he's nine is I do feel like I have a good idea of his athleticism, his pass catching profile, and I'm pretty comfortable and confident with where I've got him. But nonetheless, Egbuka is somebody who's probably going to go in round one in next year's NFL draft, so there's always excitement around getting more tape on those types of guys. Quinn Ewers at number eight, I referenced him earlier here. Not a ton of Quinn Ewers tape because he did suffer with some injury, uh, but I want to watch healthy Quinn Ewers tape. And I want to get an idea of, of what we need to see from him to take that leap to be a top 10 NFL draft prospect because he absolutely has that ability. And number seven here, we're talking about J.J. McCarthy. I'm so excited to watch J.J. McCarthy because there is a lot of discourse around him. When I saw J.J. McCarthy, I saw a player who did what he was asked to do in terms of being a passer. I saw athleticism. I saw solid accuracy. Uh, certainly saw some areas that I needed to see improvement on this year, but I, I'm going to get into that summer scouting tape and get ready to either double down on J.J. McCarthy or do some backpedaling. And uh, it's always fun when I know I'm going into a tape review ready to go in one of two directions on a player, right? And that is J.J. McCarthy. And coming in at number six is Raheem Sanders. Raheem Sanders understandably getting a lot of hype at the top of this running back class at 6'2", 225, and a former four-star who the offense has run through there for Arkansas the last couple of years. It's going to be really fun to see if I can get him closer to that Braylon Allen, Travion Henderson type projection, or if he's going to kind of settle into a solid tier two type guy. Uh, that's always a fun distinction to make. And the aforementioned Braylon Allen at 6'2", 238, 
man, I love what I've seen from, from Braylon Allen, and I have a pretty high projection on him right now. So when I have a high projection on a guy through summer scouting, it's really getting in there with fresh eyes and seeing if I can uh, nitpick a little bit, right? If I can uh, knock him down a little bit in that tape score, or if I'm just going to confirm the priors here. Number four is Brock Bowers. Geez, you could put Brock Bowers one because he's so exciting and so fun. And we know from a fantasy football perspective, whenever we're talking about a tight end, we are desperate. We are desperate for some exciting news, right, when it comes to a tight end prospect. But I'm excited to get into Brock Bowers, see him as a pass catcher, see him as a blocker, see him as a rusher at times last year for Georgia. Drake May, the quarterback out of North Carolina, he's going to be coming in at number three on the list, just like he's number three on the rookie big board at 6'5", 220. He's a very exciting quarterback prospect. We're going to put this quarterback under the microscope, and we're going to see what's uh what's exciting about him and what we need to see improvement from him. Uh, Drake May's value is not as protected, not as steady, not as uh, isolated here as Caleb Williams. But before we talk about Caleb Williams, we got to talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. 6'3", 202, could be the best wide receiver prospect we've seen since Jamar Chase uh, with the potential to have even more fantasy football value coming out than Jamar Chase. So I'm excited to get in, do the summer scout evaluation, get a full grasp on Marvin Harrison Jr., what he did last year, and let's really figure out here if we're comparing him not just to this class, but if we're comparing him across recent classes, exactly what his fantasy football value is. And then, of course, the number one most exciting player. He's the only one on this list that I haven't mentioned yet that you're probably, you know, wondering, screaming, wondering, when is he going to mention him? And yes, Caleb Williams, of course, is number one, the quarterback out of USC, Heisman Trophy winner last year. Exciting tape. But as with all quarterbacks here, we're going to put them under the microscope. I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to get into a summer of good rookie big board content. We will be finishing up rookie projections here. I know I started that with the running backs. I had to do a brief interruption here to talk about the 2024 class, but we'll get back to 2023 class rookie projections. And then we're going to get into summer scouting evaluation as I go through and do summer scouting. Uh, the rookie big board patrons are going to get those evaluations in the discord and uh, through the rookie big board itself. Uh, and then we're going to chop it up and talk about it here on the podcast as well. So as I mentioned, make sure you head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board for just $3 a month. You get in on the action. And folks, if you are listening to this podcast consistently, steadily, if it is bringing you Devi insight, rookie insight, entertainment, excitement, do me a favor, leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are watching on. I truly cannot emphasize how helpful that is for getting more folks in on this Discord and in on the Rookie Big Board community. So as always, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board. 